Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. America. Amen. God bless. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap at every campus right now for this great nation that we live in. Lord, we thank you for America. We thank you for the land that we live in, and we thank you that you indeed bless it. If you just remain standing for one second, Father, right now we pray a blessing. We ask for revival to come from coast to coast, Father, from the north to the south, that you would work a work in this great nation unlike you've worked in many, many years. And right now we gather together as your people because the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. You will hear from heaven and you will come and you will heal our land. So we declare that this land is being healed. It's being made whole. It's being touched by the power of God in Jesus mighty name. We thank you for our liberty and the church said amen, amen, amen. Come on, give somebody. Yeah, come on. Hey, give somebody a high five. Tell them happy fourth and you can be seated today in the house of the Lord. Well, I'm, I'm excited to minister the word of the Lord today. I'm excited about the 4th of July. How many are thankful for all of the people that have made sacrifice so we could be a free nation, an independent nation, and have help for, from heaven? Uh, I'll tell you, it, it's supernatural just to be in this nation. I'll tell you, the grace of God is upon us in, in a supernatural way. And I'm excited about uh, having a big time today. I'm excited about some fireworks. I want to thank my Uncle Sam for allowing me to wear a shirt today. Thank you, Uncle Sam. And uh, I'm going to get ready to have some fun tonight. And I just want to encourage you to be careful uh, tonight with your fireworks. I think it was last year or the year before, I came home from one fireworks show, and my neighborhood was having another fireworks show. And so there's some guys out there setting up the fireworks. And, and I think these guys probably told their kids, kids, fireworks are too dangerous for you to touch. Let all the adults that have been drinking all day handle this. That's what they they told him, and uh, I watched this guy go down to light a bottle rocket, and my pastoral instincts coming out because he doesn't look like he's doing very well, and he's leaned way over the, the can itself, and I'm trying to stop him. I'm like, hey, man, hey, hey, hey. He lights it, and he shoots himself in the face right in front of me, went right up his beard into the heavens, didn't knock his eye out or anything. He just lost a part of a beard, so come on. We had a miracle of protection for my neighborhood. Be careful tonight. Keep your gloves up. Amen? Uh, listen. Uh, the, the fun we have on the 4th of July, uh, it's great, it's wonderful, it's awesome, I love it. But how many know we need to really remember what it costs to have this great nation? We need to really remember what it costs to be a free people. And we need to really remember what it will continue to cost to stay free. You know, that there, there's a spirit of tyranny that's loose in the earth that always wants to restrict humanity, wants to come back, wants to bind us, wants to take our freedom, wants to control and manipulate us. And ultimately, that type of manipulation, that type of control, always comes from the hand 
of the devil. I say this, a, a shepherd always leads sheep, but a butcher drives them. One is a loving leader, the other is a violent manipulator. And this nation was born and came out of a tough time, out of extreme tyranny and manipulation. As a matter of fact, those of you that have been born again, you've been brought out of spiritual manipulation, spiritual tyranny, and spiritual change. And I'm telling you, the ultimate giver of freedom is Jesus Christ of Nazareth himself. Aren't you thankful that we've been made free? Can I get an amen at every campus? Aren't you thankful that we're not in chains anymore? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18 says this about our liberty. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Whenever one turns from their sin to the Lord, anybody that just prayed this morning, whenever you prayed to receive Christ, you turn from your sin to the Lord. The Bible says that a veil has been taken away. Whenever a person gets born again, they get brand new spiritual eyes. And then the Bible says, now the Spirit of the Lord is with you. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is now liberty. I'm so thankful that I no longer live in bondage to this world, in bondage to my own desires, in bondage to sin. How many are thankful that you are now free in Christ, that the veil has been taken away, and now the Spirit of the Lord's there, and you can live and walk and move in liberty. It's, it's awesome. And then it says that it goes on. doesn't just stop there. Now you enter into a process of transformation. And you go, are being transformed into the same image of the spirit that came and received you, came and delivered you. And you're going from glory to glory. Come on, we're going upward in life. I speak over every person at his church. You're not going under, you're going over. You're not going backwards, you're going forward. You're becoming more like Jesus every day. We're being transformed into his image. And therefore, when we get into his image, we'll have real liberty in life. But there is a tyranny that always wants to come and drag us back. Tyrannus is the Latin word for tyrant. It's where we get the word tyranny from. Tyranny is defined by, by the dictionary as an oppressive power. Oppressive power exerted by a government force. Tyranny is an a, oppressive power exerted by a government force. Now, there's spiritual tyranny where the devil comes to, to enslave us. There's also governmental tyranny that comes to enslave us. The beginning of this nation, we, we obviously were founded as a nation here, sent, and we came from Europe, uh, came from England. The king of England began to colonize America. We had 13 original colonies here, and they're there doing the will of the king as British people. But little by little, bit by bit, the king began to take more and more and more. Government has this appetite. If you watch the history of government and you look on the earth, government has an appetite to become a god to its people. That's why we have to have certain checks and balances and powers to keep the government from oppressing the people. And I'll tell you what, the finest document that's ever been penned to have uh, checks and balances from an oppressive government is the Constitution of the United States of America. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an incredible document. 
And the reason it is an incredible document is because the men who penned it and wrote it were full of the word of the living God. Come on. It's really the word of the living God that makes men free and holds people in check and accountable. But, but the, the, the tyranny kept coming. And it began to break the hearts of the preachers in America. A lot of people believe that America was founded and was started and the ideas of freedom, that they came just from the men you've heard about, like Jefferson and Washington and Adams and Hancock and all the signers of the Constitution. We all know that they're heroes, uh, but, but there were another group of men behind them. Now, I'll tell you where this document, the Constitution, came from. I'll tell you where the spirit of, of freedom or liberty or that American idea really came from. It came from the pulpit of the men of God that pastored all the framers of, of our way of government. Come on, our government was founded because men preached and prophesied against tyranny and for, for freedom and that men might live a different life than everyone else. Come on, at every campus, let's give God a hand clap for the fire that came out of the pulpit that forged the American spirit that we have even now. These men are unbelievable men. A lot of people don't know their names. I preached about them quite heavily last year as we were standing up against oppression and standing up against our own form of tyranny. But these men's names are, are names like the Reverend Samuel Cooper preached for 20 years against British tyranny. Guys like George Whitfield preached against tyranny. The Reverend Jonathan May who preached against tyranny. A man by the name Absalom Jones preached against this tyranny. Lemuel Hayes preached against this tyranny. These men were bold enough to preach not just with a PC mouthpiece but with a prophetic eye. What we need in America is somebody that will preach with a prophetic tongue Speak what really needs to be spoken, no matter what it costs them. Some of the problems we have in our nation now is our pulpits have gotten silent on issues that really matter. See, the issues that matter are the issues that enslave humanity. When you speak against the issues that enslave humanity, people get uncomfortable because it's getting raw and it's getting real. But if you allow that discomfort, that 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 weird, awkward feeling to stop you from speaking out. I'm telling you, the word of the Lord will grow silent and dim in the earth. That's why we intend to preach the full gospel. We intend to prophesy. We intend to speak up. We intend to speak out. We intend to live and die as free men and women. Can I get an amen out there? That's the way I choose to live my life. These guys spoke out. They, they went further than just speaking out. As a matter of fact, they began to preach Many of them out of um, Ecclesiastes, there was a time for peace. There was a time for war. They began to recruit the men out of their pulpits to go into war and to stand against British oppression. These men would stand up in the pulpit. In those days, everyone, when they preached, wore a black robe. Thank God I don't have to preach in a black robe today, but back then they did it. And they would take off their black robe, some of them, have their military garb on under it, and they would lead the militiamen out into battle. And just like the signers of the Declaration of Independence, many of them gave up all their wealth, lost their lives, lost their families, became fugitives of the law, and died penniless. So did the black-robed preachers that really started the revival that became America. They paid the price with their life. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for all the people who have sacrificed that we might really live. I feel like it's part of my job 
to let America know about these men, to know America about, let them know about their families, their wives, who they were, what they were, how they shaped this nation. One of the primary figures among them was a man by the name of Reverend Jonas Clark. He preached for 20 years to stir up the people against British oppression. People came after him. He became a marked man. As a matter of fact, whenever the, the American Revolution began, you've heard of Paul Revere riding and saying, the British are coming, the British are coming. Paul Revere was actually riding to the Reverend Jonas Clark's home whenever he shouted, the British are coming. Adams and Hancock were staying at his house whenever he rode and Revere made his ride. These men, Jonas Clark, didn't just house the guys that helped start the American Revolution. He pastored and led them and then led in the army as well and helped this nation get founded. There were other pastors by the name of the Muhlenbergs. You go to many counties in the east, you'll find Muhlenberg counties in almost every state on the east coast. There were two preachers that were brothers. One of them was Peter Muhlenberg. Peter Muhlenberg became fed up with the ways of the British, began to preach that it's time for America to act and stand up to become its own nation. And he began to sign up people for, for uh, the revolution back, back in the day before we, but while we were having our, our fight for independence. He had a brother by the name of Frederick. Brother uh, Frederick, the brother, opposed his other brother's ideologies. As a matter of fact, we have the letters now that have been signed a long time ago that go back and forth between these two men. We can see their conversations. One brother tells the other one, you're going to get yourself killed. There's no way we can stand up to the British. You ought to just have peace and be quiet and sit back and take it as it comes. And his other brother charged on and became a leader in the army. Finally, the, the brother Frederick was quiet until the British came into their city, threw him into the streets, confiscated his church, and, and, and left him penniless and impoverished. After that, he joined the revolution, and he's one of the guys that made a distinct impact and the reason we have the freedom of religion in America. Come on, how many are thankful that this man sacrificed? He fought for the freedom of religion to be established right there in the First Amendment. These men fought and died so that we could have real freedom. One of the questions I have for you is, do we still have real freedom in America? Do we still have real freedom in America? And are we still willing to make our voices heard, to maintain our freedom? Or have we become so comfortable? Have we became, become so catered? We, if we become su such a, a, a softer, easy to get at people, that someone can take our freedom without us pushing back. I got to ask myself that question. And I think the answer I have, do we have the same freedom we had back then? I think the answer we saw it in 2020. When I looked in 2020, and I'm telling you that grocery stores and liquor stores were open during the corona lockdown and churches were closed. How many of you know that's not real freedom? Can I get an amen? Whenever dispensaries were open and strip joints were open and pastors were threatened with jail time for preaching the gospel, how many know in America we have lost some of our liberty? Can I get an amen? Whenever, whenever all of these things get a pass, and guys like my friend, Pastor Cheon, are threatened with a year in jail in our nation for having their church open. We've lost some of our liberty. 
My friend Sean Foyt, the cops threatened to arrest him just a few weeks ago in Charlotte, North Carolina for having a gospel, uh, 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 really a gospel presentation and a worship service in a park. How many know we as a church should not step back, should not get quiet, but we ought to get louder against these kind of lockdowns? I'm telling you, we ought to get louder against this oppression. We have a First Amendment for a reason. On this Independence Day, I believe it's still worth fighting for. Come on, give God a hand clap at every campus if you believe it is still worth fighting for. Because it is without a shadow of a doubt. I look at the things that happened this, this last year in retrospect. Now, I, I think about my friend Pastor Ionesco in Chicago. The, the mayor of the city threatened to tear his church to the ground without due process. That tells me that some liberty has been lost in our nation. Small businesses forced to shut down their businesses while large corporations raked in record-breaking profits. That tells me we have lost some of our liberty in America. I know that you've heard this. I know that you've seen this. But I cannot help but take this Independence Day and cry out that we still better stand up. We still better pray. We still better get strong if we're going to maintain independence and freedom in America. It took it to get it. It'll take it to keep it. Can I get an amen out there? It just telling you that's what it will take. I'm thankful that for some reason God used us as a church during this last season. We stood up against the lockdown. We stood up against the persecution of the church. Because of that, we took a stand. And over the next three weeks, 5,000 churches opened up with us across America. It was supernatural. And I'll tell you, I think God was in the midst of it or we never would have been a part of it. How can, how can a church from western Kentucky and west Texas have that kind of impact? I'll tell you how. The spirit of, the liber uh, spirit of liberty came to us, pulled the blinders off of our eyes, called us to a purpose and called us to a task. Now, as your pastor on this 4th of July, I want to thank you for standing with me. I want to thank you for praying with me. I want to thank you for staying in here. I know it cost us something to fight that fight, but I'll tell you what, it was worth every accusation. It was worth every penny. It was worth every threat. It was worth all the persecution, and I would do it all again. Thank you for sharing in the suffering for this great nation with us. Incredible, incredible opportunity we had. So what happened to make churches be quiet and American patriots to sit back in their houses and just let these things go? I know part of it was fear. We didn't understand what was happening. But I believe they're, they're going to come with another type move like this against us. It's already started in Australia you know, just in the last couple of weeks, the Australian church was told they can't even sing into a camera and live stream. That's what they were told in Australia. Canada still locked down arresting pastors. Arrest Pastor Pulowski. I was supposed to speak with him just a few weeks ago at a conference. But my, my schedule wouldn't allow. But that man went to jail in his nation to stand up for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to give that man a hand clap this morning. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable man. Some churches in Canada are surrounded with barbed wire and shut down even now. What stopped that from happening in America this last year? I believe guys like Jack Hibbs, guys like Cheon, guys like Ionesco, 
People that stood up and spoke out show that there was still enough American spirit and still enough fight to stop that oppression from taking over our churches. And we ought to commend those men and women of God that stood in that way. I'm telling you, they ought to be commended. See, we're in a dangerous hour. We're in an hour where liberty is somewhat tracked. Um, I had the opportunity over the last year to preach in Philadelphia a couple of different times. Led prayer there in Philadelphia. Amazing place, you know, where the Constitution was hammered out. So much of our history all started there. It was where the nation really started later, moved to D.C. And they have the Liberty Bell right there in Philly. You can walk up to it. It's encased on the edge of a museum. You can see it through the glass. And the Liberty Bell is famous because the Liberty Bell is, is cracked. As a matter of fact, whenever it first came to America... It was gifted to us, and it was cracked when, when we got it. I don't know if it cracked very quickly or, or it, it got here cracked, but it cracked very quickly. And so that Liberty Bell that has on the side of it proclaim liberty to the captives. It's what it says on it. It's got a declaration. Proclaim liberty to the captives. I believe that's what we do as the church. Amen? Proclaiming liberty. That thing got cracked. You know what American men had to do? Craftsmen had to come, and they had to repair that bell so it could be used. And it was used for many, many years, and it cracked again. Here's what happens with liberty. Here's what happens with freedom. gets cracked in your personal life as a Christian. You walk with Jesus for a while, and you can get bogged down by the world, and you had a lot of freedom and liberty, and then it gets cracked. How many of y'all been saved long enough to have some of those cracked moments where you need to be repaired by the Spirit of God, right? Same thing happens in a nation. I'm telling you, I believe we're, we're in a moment where there's a cracking, unlike we've ever had in America. And I believe that God wants to repair it. There's three major things that are cracking America right now. And if we don't speak out against it, if we don't get uh, vocal about it, if we don't prophesy about it, it will, it'll crack America where I don't believe it can be repaired. The first thing that's trying to crack America right now is the critical race theory. Critical race theory. What critical race theory is going to be taught in many of our schools? It'll teach little children. And now we know that people have oppressed other people. How many know slavery is an ugly thing? It is a sin and it shouldn't be tolerated. And do you know that America led the nation and led the world in abolishing slavery 150 years ago? Do you know today, here's the false narrative about slavery that America believes. We believe that slavery is over. You know, there are still 38 to 48 million slaves on the earth. The primary places where slavery still exists, there are 9 million slaves in Africa. There are loads of slaves in Asia. In North Korea, one out of 10 people are still an active slave. Do you know where the, the, the least amount of slavery exists in the world today? And we have it in our shores still with the sex slave trade. But the least amount of slavery that exists in the world today is right here in the United States of America, if you look at it globally. So people get nervous when I say that because there's been a lie sold you that we are still the major oppressor. But listen, we have been a light for liberty, and we stood up and voted that out 150 years ago. And I know racism still exists, and we still have problems, but how many are thankful that we led the world in abolishing slavery? Somebody ought to give God a hand clap for that. It's supernatural. So now critical race theory will come into our public schools. And this is what it will teach. 
It'll look at, at, at children of color and it will tell them you will forever be a victim. It will mark them with victimhood and it could give them a victim identity if it seeps down into their spirit. There's one thing I know is that you cannot be a victim and a victor at the same time. Have atrocities happened to humanity? Absolutely. What was the slavery, sin of slavery in America atrocious? Absolutely. But help me know there has to be a day that the past becomes the past at last and we move forward. So then critical race theory also looks at a little white child. Tells the white child that, that never had a slave, never was, you know, doesn't know what you're even talking about. Wasn't around during the Holocaust. Looks at the kid and says, because you're white, you are a systematic oppressor of people of colors. And you are intrinsically evil. It's really what it tells. How many know that is not gospel, that is not truth. You are not accountable for the sins of your father or your grandfather or your great-grandfather. You are accountable for your sins, and that's what Jesus came to die for. This is a lie sent to crack America. What will it do to America? At best, it will pit race against race in a new way unlike we've ever seen. At worst, it will be a framework for genocide in the future. Why do I speak out against it? Because I already see it. It's a framework for a genocide coming to our nation. And that's why if you have a teacher or a school system or a school board teaching your children CRT, you ought to raise hell for heaven until that doctrine of devils is removed from that school system and the truth and freedom and love from race to race is taught. Can I get an amen out there? This is, this is demonic. And it will crack our culture. One of the second things that's coming after freedom in America is the Equality Act. Now, the Equality Act sounds like something that's, that's you know, that's wonderful. I'm for equality. Do you know, often when they're sliding things through legislation, they try to, they try to make it sound real nice and cozy. But what's written on the inside is something that is, is sinister and evil. And what the Equality Act says... Uh, really is that any person, the LGBTQ community, if any religion or any person, let's say, stands up and says uh, a marriage between a man and a man is sinful and is not blessed, if there's an Orthodox Jewish community where men have to sit on one side of the synagogue and women on the other, if they define life by sex, in some shape, form, or fashion. They have this, really the framework of every major religion on the earth. They have that ideology and that truth in their church or in their synagogue or whatever religion it is. If they have that, it can be punished by law because it's called hate speech. And what it does is it elevates the ideology. The, the real problem isn't just the person's uh, sin because we do believe that that's sin and we love everybody, we're for everybody, and you can be free from any kind of uh, sexual issue that exists out there, whether it's sex out of, outside of marriage in a heterosexual faction or, or, or sex in a homosexual fashion. You can be freed from that by the power of God. Can I get an amen out there? And I'm not going to bow my knee to the spirit of the age that says I have to comply my beliefs to your beliefs and I have to become subservient to what you believe and I have to shut up. I won't do it. If you get to be loud about what you believe, I get to be loud about what I believe. Can I? This is still America. Can I get an amen out there? It's still America. So I can agree to disagree without burning down the city. 
So here, here's the crack that'll come from that. If you won't comply your ideology to that kind of thing that's coming and they're pushing that, you, you'll, you'll be prosecuted, you'll have trouble. The Equality Act should be called the Inequality Act, should be called the Anti-Christian Act, the Anti-Semitic Act, or the Anti-Muslim Act, because all of those religions have ideologies that run cross-current. And listen, we're going to love everybody, we're for everybody, but we're not going to agree with everybody, because sometimes disagreement is the highest form of love. Can I get an amen out there? Come on, let's give God a hand clap. We disagree because we love. Listen, I'm I'm almost out of time, so I'll just want us to remember these things that come after our liberty, these things that come after who we are as a people, these things that come after our our rights, those things are things that are dangerous. And I'm telling you, we have an America because there were some people who were willing to stand up and speak out boldly when it was time to speak out boldly. We had preachers in pulpits Here's what I believe. Those preachers and pulpits telling you America did not build them, but they built America. And if America is going to stand and we're going to have true liberty and not be pushed over into into some sort of of totalitarian type system, the people that will hold back the hand of that will be those that are filled with the Spirit of God in the midst of the church. So what we need to do is we need to speak out. We need to pray. We need to love our world. We need to get active, and we need to stand up for liberty. Come on, can I get an amen out there? Let's give our God a big, big hand clap. Would you stand up on your feet? I, I want to I pray for you this morning. I want to pray for a spirit of liberty to come and to stay in our church, in our place, where we are. I want, I want to pray that that kind of spirit would be around us, in us, and on us. I want to pray for a boldness. I believe that the righteous there is bold as a lion. And I believe that we can supernaturally be bold today. If you close your eyes, you may want to lift a hand to heaven while I, while I pray today. Father, I thank you right now that you have made us free. I thank you that we are indeed in a free nation, a free country. And I thank you, Father, that you, you would help us remain free even now. I know that ultimately freedom doesn't come from legislation. I know that ultimately freedom comes from your hand. I pray right now that you would empower the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to be who it's called to be, to say what it's called to say, to love but to also prophesy, to be there for people but, but also to have a, a spirit of truth in us and upon us. Right now, I pray indeed that you will bless America. Bless my brother, bless my sister today, all of my friends, all of my family at every campus. And I pray we would have a great, great fourth in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God one more hand clap today.